3: Outdooredge.com. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. Now, this episode is chocked full of all kinds of stuff about hunting and guns. And that is because I'm joined by Nathan and Katie right now. They make AR style platforms that are in a ton of different calibers. And if you listen long enough to this show, you're going to hear them talk about a new product that they're going to be coming out with. And so it's going to be amazing. But before we jump into the show. I want to tell you guys again about BowFest. So this year, July 27th through 30th in Superior, Wisconsin, is BowFest. It's the world's largest outdoor archery and music festival. They have a ton of prizes, 3D courses to shoot, vendor villages and food trucks, and a bunch of hunting celebrities. Now, you might be wondering, like, who are these hunting celebrities? I'm talking about people like Michael Waddell, Melissa Bachman, Brian Lewis, and... Dan Matthews, you know, the nomadic outdoorsman, and I'm pretty sure there might be an appearance by my good buddy, Brian Krebs as well. So if you guys want to join the podcast, if you want to stop by, say hi at the booth, or if you want to hop on and do a podcast while we're there, we're actually doing a sign up right now and there's a little vetting process, but if you're interested, go to my link tree, click on the link and fill out a form to be a guest live at BowFest. Enough about that, though. Let's hop into today's episode. Like, he was doing
4: things that were just badass.
3: That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dan had the gun, I did have the rifle, like, we would be okay. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. I'm excited about this one. I, I always talk with my guests right before we hit record. And Nathan and Katie Wright are here with me. And I can already tell this is going to be a really fun podcast. We've been laughing, joking. Uh, guys, thanks for hopping on with me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no problem.
5: Thanks for having us. Absolutely. We're
3: excited. So real quick, you guys have Echo 3 Ordnance, which is firearm manufacturer, like gun sales. Like I've been looking at your page because as we just talked, uh, I've been looking for an AR platform in 6.5 Creedmoor. Um, And then you also have Echo Outdoors, which you shared a little bit with me about the hunts you're about to go on. And I'm very intrigued about that as well. So why don't you share with the listeners maybe how you guys got into this space? Because gun manufacturing, that's kind of, I feel like that's a lot harder than me buying a podcast board and a
6: laptop. And it, there's recording. a few more regulations I got to deal yeah, with. A couple, a couple more, more government agencies involved there, you know. Um, that whole side of it is Katie. She kind of does the the paperwork things. I'm, I'm the wrench turner. I
5: try. Yeah. Nice.
6: But, uh, no, as far as getting started, um, let's see, six years ago.
5: So we started Echo six and a half years six ago. Six and a half years ago. Yep. Yeah.
6: Yeah. So just had the opportunity. Um, yeah, I was working for another company and, and had the opportunity for us to go out on ourself. And so that's what we did. You know, I, we started off small, we started working part time. I had a friend about now my, my history, my background, uh, I was law enforcement and military as in the Marine Corps. Um, so our unit, I actually worked, even though I was a heavy equipment operator by MOS. our unit was short-staffed. So I actually helped out in the armory a lot, uh, okay. I was at some cross trainings and b billet stuff. And really that's where I got my feet wet in it. Um, now I got out of the Marine Corps 20 years ago, you know, so fast forward 14 years, um, I was able to finally put that you know knowledge to use. Uh, we had the opportunity, like I say, to, to start it off, start off real real small at first, part time. In our house. Yeah, in as our as house. Yeah, I just... was set up, set up a workshop. Yeah. I turned one whole half of the house into a workshop, like the 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 enclosed carport, which was supposed to be the living room, is now a workshop. <laughs> well, it was a workshop. Um, and uh, to start off doing that, you know, I had a buddy of mine. He has an HVAC company and he's like, Hey, you know, I know you're trying to get your company started. I need a helper. Why don't you come help me? And then just as, as you need slowly transition to you doing your thing full time. And, you know, and, and that'll be that. And, uh, I don't know a thing about HVAC, but I can stand there and do that and hold duck work. While, you know, <laughs> that's that's and, 90% uh, of the job right there. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So, so that's what it did, you know? And, um, because of that, we just, we slowly built, slowly built, slowly built, and now we're, uh, we've are we been doing full-time running for five of these six years. I only think us about a year, mm-hmm. maybe a year and a half, to actually get it to where we're up and running full-time.
5: And he always had an interest just building his own rifles, so it was sort of a hobby that became a business idea, and my role was I can build rifles, like I, I built my own, um, but my role was really like, you have this dream and you have this idea, you want to become a business owner and this is what you love. So I will jump in as a support and and we'll run it together. And so that's just kind of how it evolved.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I mean, to have that husband wife partnership where you guys can just crush it, you know, you each have your own area of expertise that you run with. Um, I know that very well, like doing a podcast, I can talk, right. I know nothing about technology in fact, all these buttons like stress me out, the sliders, all that <laughs> stuff. And and then especially social media, my wife is like, Oh, you need to do TikTok. And I'm like, Please no, please don't make yeah. me do that. And we haven't done TikTok yet. We probably should. We should. I was gonna say with hunting and guns, it's pretty difficult. They they make it's it hard. very yeah. challenging. And so I'm like, How can it I is. do this? And she's like, You're funny. You just talk about the problems that hunters have. And I was like, Okay, well, why don't yeah. we key in on marriage stuff then most (laughs) of the guys are like my wife never lets me hunt and so that's what we've done and a lot of it's you know satire or we just have fun with it because we know of other issues but she's very supportive and so I totally understand the business side of it following a passion and a dream and then just becoming a team and pursuing that together so that's awesome absolutely so Talk to me about these guns because I've been looking ever since you guys reached out. I'm like, all right, I'm going to hop on this website. I've, I've had other people reach out and they sell like one t-shirt. Right. And I'm like, I don't know how much we can talk about, but going on the website, I'm like, you guys have everything. So many different calibers, so many different platforms. I am thankful that there are people like you who know how to do this stuff because I've never built my own AR. I just yeah. like, I'll go and buy something at the store that's pre done. Cause I'm like, I'm going to mess this thing up. And then I've got a boom stick that might go boom in the wrong place, you know? Right. And so talk to me about, talk to me about the gun side of things. Like you guys have branched out and done multiple different guns. Like I said, different calibers, and then maybe start touching on the, uh, outdoor side of it too. Like taking people hunting, doing guided trips.
6: Yeah, definitely.
5: That's one of his favorite stories to tell—is how Echo Outdoors came about. But we'll, we'll touch on that in a minute.
6: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, as far as the guns ourselves, when we first started making guns, just look at the internet—how many different AR manufacturers are out there, right? Yeah. It, it's we're we're a dime a dozen. You know, I'm not reinventing the wheel as far as the platform itself goes. You know we have developed like our own little things that we've put in and just tweaked and stuff like that that we liked so when we sat down and designed our gun our thought was i want a good quality gun top tier quality at blue collar prices yeah you know yeah. and so i want the average person to be able to go out and purchase one of our guns and it'd be just Good quality as all these other big name brands, you know that that are household names. <laughs> um, so that's what we did, uh, you know. And our handguard, for example, it took us nine months just to develop our handguard. Um, I kept draw, and I draw like a two year old. Um, so <laughs> I would draw it, I would redesign it, I would draw it. Um, we'd make our our you know critiques on each other's ideas, uh, ran a prototype. Said no, I want to change this because I, you know, built a gun up, ran it. Said no, nope, want to change it. Finally got it the way we wanted it. Um, ran what five hundred handguards,
5: yeah.
6: and was like mm, I want to change it. Yeah,
5: <laughs> <laughs> like functional changes, like because he he does because we both shoot, and then where he is um, hunting, he is more, he's more out the field than I am when it comes to that. But it's functional stuff. We wanted something that we liked the look of because. You know, first impressions are important, but also functionality. Like, if I'm out in the field and I need this or I need to grab here, is this going to be conducive to what I'm doing in a tree stand? Yeah. Um, sort of thing, And so that's where those changes and tweaks came in. Yeah. Um, especially that the one final one that we did.
6: Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the one change after running the 500 hand guards was I had only put quick disconnect sling attachments on the back yeah. of the hand guard near the, uh, near the chamber. And did not even think about putting some up near the muzzle. You know, yeah. because different people, you know, depending on how they want, put it up there. And I'm like, oh Oops.
1: <laughs> just
6: so. complete oversight until I took it out in the field yeah. and went to put my sling up here when I was climbing up in my stand to tighten it up against me. I was like, oh, I can't attach can't my that. sling, you know. And uh so went right back and and changed that, you know. Uh so we're always like like Katie said, you know, where I'm in the field so much, I designed it around the hunter and mine, you know, because mm-hmm. one of the things, you know, everybody makes who makes an AR makes a five five six. Yep. They're just so we actually designed our platform. Now, if you want that tactical five, five, six for, for whatever reasons, you know, um, home defense range use, whatever um absolutely we have those you know but but our bread and butter is the hunting calibers mm-hmm. um and we really designed our stuff around you know using it in the in the field in a tree stamp for hunting yeah, yeah
3: that's that's awesome because i mean the platform there's you can't argue with the platform right i mean right. it just works like no mm-hmm. you can put it through anything and it's going to operate whereas you go out with a bolt action rifle Things go wrong. I've gone out with my shotguns, sitting in a pit for geese, and everybody down the line—they've all got you know Benelli SP3s. They've got Mossbergs and Stogers and the whole array. And we're all (laughs) taking like, all right, you guys got your guns ready. We got to clean ours out. You know, we're getting dirt and Mm -hmm. junk in them. And so to have that kind of platform for a hunting use is just Mm -hmm. brilliant. I mean, it makes sense in the fact that people. I'm sure there's companies out there, but people haven't kind of made that transition. Like, hey, I'm gonna have this rifle for hunting. It's gonna operate. I'm not gonna have to worry about it in the field. Obviously, you still take care of it and maintain it and clean it and stuff. But to have something like that that's just gonna it's gonna work when you need it to. Yeah.
5: Well, I think that was something that obviously again in the AR platform, everybody thinks five, five, six, two, two, three. I mean, that is the and that was one of the uh, sort of bridges or walls we had is people are like oh you only make a 5.56 five, and we're like no there's so many other options and the great thing about AR platform is if you've shot one you shot them all yeah so because they all function the same um, it's just sizing is a little different caliber is a little different you know if you're looking at AR 10 versus AR 15 type of thing um, and really focusing on the calibers for hunting is something that we really began to push because in the hunting world it's a little bit of a pariah like the ar is, is not well thought about for mm-hmm. hunting and really it's a great great platform to use you know it's 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 versatile you can switch calibers with not changing the entire rifle it's lighter than a lot of your bolt actions um i think we've seen a lot of female hunters come up really Absolutely. enjoy using that ar platform for a lot of those reasons so that was one of the things we're really trying to promote and break through is, where it's not just
6: a five, five, six. Yeah. You know, and, and there's some States too, like for Pennsylvania, for example, you know, you have to have a, a bolt action. You can't hunt with a semi-auto so we can actually do our ARs in a black version. Um, right. So now, cause we've got a guy coming on one of our hunts in Ohio, who's from Pennsylvania. So I actually did his rifle so that it could be regular, both semi-automatic and bolt action. So that way, when he's at home in Pennsylvania, he can still it's use that rifle exact. to hunt um and and then
5: speaking of ohio like you have a lot of your states have straight wall restrictions so yeah. people said oh i can't hunt with an ar because i live in ohio and it's straight wall but you can you could do a 350 legend or a 450 bushmaster in an ar and um yeah. it be completely illegal to hunt there so yeah.
6: i mean i can't personally you know deer hogs alligators um mm-hmm. ram um the Only thing I haven't killed with my 350 yet is a bear. A bear. Uh, but we've had customers send us pictures of bear. They've taken their 350s, you know. Um, which is actually my favorite caliber. So I'm a little partial. To right. I like that one for hunting. Um, so but uh, but yeah, so like like Katie was saying, you know, getting those different calibers out there like really gets us into those niche states too, where you are restricted on what you can. Or I can make it like for the guy in Pennsylvania where it has to be a bold action. Or we actually send guns to New York and New Jersey, you know, uh, Washington, D.C. Um, we we do compliant as well for those states. Um, so, so that's one of the great thing about us doing our own thing, too, is, all right, you, you're from X state and you need it this way because this is how your local laws are. Okay, done.
3: That's crazy. I mean, to think about, in my mind, it's like, man, you have to build a whole new business model or like a whole new line of things but i love i love hearing people who are like experts at what you do talk about it because you're like oh yeah he can just go from semi-auto to bolt action and i'm like yeah what like that's that's possible you can just swap like that that's insane to me um so maybe maybe talk about talk about that in the i guess the barrier of getting people away from the mindset that an AR-15 is two two three five five six, an AR-10 is like a three oh eight, because right. I feel like most people do think about that. And is that just on the website? Because I I notice you click on AR-10 or AR-15, and all of a sudden it just comes up with all the calibers, and right away I'm like, holy cow, yeah. this is a lot of calibers. Yeah. And then you also mentioned you can swap out the barrels and and the different calibers quickly it's not like you need a whole new setup
6: on it right right um yeah so like as far as like swapping calibers you just you push two pins you pop your upper off and if you've got a 556 upper and you want to put a 350 upper on pop your pins drop your new upper on push your pins back in and now you're shooting a 350. Mm -hmm. um you know now they're depending on some of the calibers you may have to you know lose a caliber specific magazine you may have to put a different buffer you and it's something like that. But those are like 30-second swap outs, too, if that, you know. Yeah. So yeah. Um, we do a lot of combos a lot of times. Like on the website, we actually have a 5.56 five, and 350 Legend. You get a whole rifle and an upper. Um, so you get both uppers. They actually use the same bolt, you know, the bolt carrier group. Uh, so you get one charging handle, one bolt, and you just switch the upper and put the bolt whatever caliber you're shooting for the day. You know, and so we we saw a lot of those because for you know people wanting range time things like that, but then still getting out in the woods with that larger caliber to be able to hunt. Um, like here in Virginia, we can't use the five five six two two three because uh, it's only a twenty two caliber, which a lot of people don't realize. Um, you know, here in Virginia, it has to be a twenty three caliber or larger. Okay. Uh, so okay. here in our home state, you know, I'm walking out, you know, into the field with an AR, and people are like what are you doing? That's illegal. You know, come here, look at this bullet, you know? And so that really is how we get through that stigma a lot is a lot of face-to-face interaction um, and showing them, Hey, look, you know, here's the five, five, six, here's this bullet, this bullet, this bullet, you know, here's the differences. You already know what a 7.62 by 39 is, you know, you know that it's a 30 caliber round that you can deer hunt with that. It's just now in an AR platform, you know, and so that has really helped us a lot to get kind of kind of break through that.
5: So one of the things and even something like you know, podcasts like this, just for us, it's the education portion of it to really let people see. And where I said we are, you know, a two man team here. You know, Nathan and I have done the majority of, of everything by ourselves I mean, he builds and we bring in a couple of builders occasionally, you know, um, a couple of veteran guys that we know. Um, will come help us. Um, We have a a Cerakote guy, so we can Cerakote everything. But for us, we've done a lot of face-to-face contact. For several years, the first several years, we did gun shows only. So we were doing gun shows, outdoor shows in Virginia. And so we're there for days talking to our customers face-to-face and answering their questions and really saying, these are the functions of this gun. These are the functions of this caliber. Why would I I use this caliber over this caliber for this particular situation. And that really allowed us to sort of break through the stigma because oftentimes when you read something online, like let's say you go to a larger brand, you know, AR, you go online, you look at their website and they just want you to purchase the AR. Like they just assume that you know everything that you need to know. And people really like the conversation. Um, I think they have questions Mm -hmm. and you don't get to ask those um, in settings where you're not face to face with somebody who's willing to sit down and talk about it.
3: From mule deer to whitetail and everything in between, Vortex shares your passion for chasing life's wildest moments and has the optics and apparel you need to succeed in the field. I've been running the Fury 5000 range finding binoculars and I'm excited to officially partner with Vortex this season. Head on over to eurooptic.com. That's E-U-R-O-O-P-T-I-C.com to get 10% off your Vortex order by using code NOMADIC10 at checkout. I I get that. I mean, to have those relationships and those interactions, it sells people, right? It informs them, which makes them feel more comfortable. And then they're going, okay, now I understand what I'm actually buying. Instead of going through and you have like, you know, three options, you click one of them, you hit, you fill out your shipping details, whatever, like yeah. right. to have those conversations. And for me as an end user to be educated on it and go, you know what? I really wanted this caliber, but this makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Like based on the regulations, based on my hunting application, I'm going to take the pros advice.
6: Yeah. And it, we, that that has that happened nothing. several yeah. times. Yeah. You know, and we have a a good amount of our customers um, are repeat you know, yeah. uh, repeat customers. Um, But we also have probably a very large percentage of, of our customers are that first time gun buyer.
1: Mm-hmm.
6: You know, there's somebody like, hey, you know, uh, or if maybe not a first time gun buyer, but maybe specifically a first time AR buyer, you know, and they're like, hey, you know, I don't know what I want. You know, I'm at this gun show. I'm here at the nation's gun show. There's two rooms of stuff. There's a thousand tables. Like, I have no idea what I'm looking for. Right. You know, I've looked at five different vendors right now. And they all look the same, mm-hmm. you know. And so I said, all right, get five minutes. you know, and so we'll sit down and we'll talk with them. And we've had lots of times that the person has, has, OK, hey, yeah, I'll take it. We've also had lots of times. Hey, thanks for the information. You know, I still, you know, want to think about what I want. Perfectly fine, you know, but and that person may never come back to us, which is OK, completely fine. Um, but now they have a little bit of knowledge to go out and now they can make the decision that best suits them, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they have a little bit to go on. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's one of actually one of our favorite things is just yeah. talking with I like the you know, talking actions. with people. Like
3: that,
1: yeah. yeah.
3: That's good. Uh so you you had mentioned 350 is mm-hmm. your favorite. Katie, yeah. what what do you use or what's your go-to?
5: It's interesting because I don't get a large amount of time to be out in the field hunting. Um I'm definitely more of the tracker. That is my
6: I don't need a dog.
5: <laughs> yeah, I am the bloodhound. Um
6: <laughs> you're the bloodhound.
5: But... <laughs> No, it's I I can ridiculous. try to drop a blood a two mile radius. I'm not kidding. Um, but I do really enjoy the 350. However, I think one of my more favorite guns to shoot is the 65 Brindle. If I'm gonna choose like more of a hunting round too. So I love the the smoothness of that particular caliber. Um, it it doesn't have a lot of kick, and the AR platform the kick is a bit negligible because of the buffer system compared mm-hmm. to like a bolt action style. Mm-hmm. But that one has a really smooth shooting bullet, is the best way to describe it. Yeah. I don't, um, but yeah. So, but the 350 is really nice. I definitely recommend 350s for a lot of women when they're getting into hunting. Um, and that's probably our best selling hunting caliber, I, I would say.
6: Yeah. You know, like the four major calibers that we do obviously, 5.5.6. Five, 350 Legend, 6.5 Grendel, 450 Bushmaster, okay. you know, those are our four major calibers. um, out of the three hunting calibers, the, the 350 is probably what we sell the most of, Yeah. um, probably followed by the 6.5 and the 4.15. Yeah. Well,
3: what would you say to people? Because I hear both sides of the 6.5 debate, right? There's so many people who are like, dude, it's awesome. In my mind, anybody who's shot one is a believer. Anybody mm-hmm. who hasn't is a hater. <laughs> and it yeah, just right. seems like there's so much divide. What would you say to somebody who's like, Man, I just don't want a six 5. I don't need a six five, or you know, the three fifty. It most people are going back to the days when they hunted with their dads 30 out six, the two seventy, the two forty three. And so these right. other calibers just don't register right now as as hunting calibers to them.
6: Right. Um, and we do actually get a whole lot of that. Um mm-hmm. So my like my first question when we get somebody like that, why do I need this? My first question to anybody is, what is your primary use? What are you going to be mostly doing with this rifle? Is it just a toy for the range? If it is, get something that's ammo is going to be a little bit cheaper. You know, okay, now you're going to be using it for hunting. What's your primary game mm-hmm. that you're going after? What's your primary distances that you're going after?
5: What are your state laws? And
6: uh, what are your state laws? You know, so yep, so these are all the questions that we ask you ahead of time. All right, now you get into somebody says that six five Grendel. Okay, we've kind of narrowed it down to them. You know, they want you know small to medium sized game. They want you know, you know anywhere from one to five six hundred yards. Okay, now we're in the area of the Grendel. Um, what I'm going to say is, right, you as far as your ballistics and your knockdown power, the the Grendel, I would not hesitate it hesitate to take it against anything in North America. Mm I was supposed to have gone to Africa three years ago, but this thing called COVID kind of put that on hold for me. Um, And I was actually taking a Grendel to Africa with me. Mm -hmm. So I will not hesitate to use that pretty much on any game species. Um, But like you say, you've got the diehard haters like, oh my God, you know, if if it's not a 300 Winchester short mag, it's not a rifle. (laughs) Okay. I like my shoulder, you know. (laughs) I like to be able to do this at the end of the day, you know. And um, so we really do just have that one-on-one talk of, all right. If you are dead set on something bigger, nothing I say is going to change your mind. You know, that's just kind of how it comes out to. But if you have that little bit of room in there. The, the distance that you can get up to with this gun, the variety of game handles that you can get up to with this gun, the ease of shooting it, the reduced amount of recoil compared to all these larger calibers. There's all your reasons. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Right
5: and I don't ever want to convince someone to get something they really don't oh, yeah, want. Um, but just maybe giving them the information they didn't know or the question they didn't really think about. Um, is sort of the key to that final decision of maybe do I want the 350 versus the 6.5. Um,
6: And then look at your platforms too. Okay, somebody, hey, they want that, they want that 308, they want that 243, they want the AR platform. Okay, well, now you're bumping up to your AR 10. So now price of the gun itself, weight of the gun itself, both go up, you know, so... If you're telling me you're going to go out to the Midwest somewhere and you're looking for elk, antelope, whatever, you know, mule deer something where you've got to go out and walk and spot and scout and be, you know, however many miles in a day you're going to go, do you want to carry a 10 or 11 pound 308 or do you want to carry a six and a half pound, six five rental? Yeah. Yeah. So those are all the factors we just like to give people. Um, You know, at the end of the day, obviously, ultimately it's their decision, Um, but that way we can just kind of throw them out, you know, throw it out what they want.
5: I would say, and of course, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think when it comes to that conversation, oftentimes we'll see people who want the Creedmoor go down to the Grindel,
1: mm-hmm.
5: versus someone who wants a 350 go up to a Grindel. Yeah. So okay. yeah, just comparing the characteristics of it.
6: Mm-hmm. And yeah. then and we get that question too. Well, what's the difference between the Grindel and the Creedmoor? And and again, I revert to the, what's your primary purpose? You know, oh, I just want to, I want to be able to shoot targets, you know, punch hole ring steel at a thousand yards. Then you're going to want to create more, you know, um, creed more all the way up to a thousand yards, you know, six, five Grendel. Will it shoot that? Yes. You put enough Kentucky windage on anything. Yeah. It'll get out there. Um Me personally, ethically, I would not shoot at a game animal over 600 yards with yeah. the Grendel.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's good to know the capabilities and the limits of the equipment of the round and Absolutely. And there are a lot of people they think, you know, I got this, I got a 300 win mag or I got a 338 lapua, now I can shoot at a mile. And it's like, yeah, but you have to know your equipment, you have to mm-hmm. understand mm-hmm. the elevation and the the most people aren't looking at Coriolis effect, but like you have to think about, right, the exactly. twist. you need to <laughs> you need to think about all of this stuff when you're shooting that far, like on steel, it's one thing you miss yeah. the steel or you hit the edge of the plate. No big deal. Right. You hit an elk in the butt at a thousand yards. Yeah. yeah. And now you've just probably killed an animal eventually that you're never going to find that you're not going to be able to harvest. You just wasted your whole hunt looking for it. Exactly. And so, to understand your capabilities because most people can't outshoot their guns. Right. Like right. as a whole, the average American hunter, he goes out there, the gun's going to perform more consistently than they will. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, to take all of that stuff into effect and to help educate and inform people on that is an awesome way to do it. I also love with the AR platforms, the customizability, right? Oh, How yeah. quickly you can attach different things, you know, Yep. I've bought rifles before and then immediately I'm like, you know what? It'd be really nice to have a cheek riser.
6: Mm-hmm. I
3: guess I could buy like the Velcro strap on one and put it up on my cheek or, you know, yep. you want a monopod on the back or a bipod on the front, or you want to swap out the optics quickly. Most rifles, you're not, you can't do that. You know, you're taking the entire uh, ring mounting system off and with AR platforms, it just seems like everything you do is you can do it quickly you can change Mm -hmm. things out you can have have it for different hunting um, applications you can put different optics on it you can put different slings on it and i i mean just talking with you guys i'm like now i'm kind of nerding out and just thinking my wheels are spinning (laughs) about all the different things i want to do
6: and use this for so well
5: what is your favorite phrase that you tell people at gun shows about ars what
6: no you put me on spot now i can't think
5: of it so he always says they're legos for oh legos for adults Okay, you just attach and unattach and reattach and rebuild and yeah that's good
3: yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's i mean it makes sense they really are
5: yeah yeah
3: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely
5: and i'm a big fan of the Coat stuff um i love helping people design that and picking colors and um oh yeah it's totally her yes i you know you can go funky you can go pink purple neon green whatever you want and or we could say, hey, you're hunting in this particular type of foliage. Let's let's match it as well as we can. So I love that aspect, too. So that's another customized option.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I can't <laughs> imagine doing that to, like, a walnut stock 270 that you right. got from your right. grandpa. Well, you yeah. know, like, you got to be able funny to. funny
6: is, like, your old school duck hunt camo that you got on your hoodie right there. I've been yeah. telling her for, like, months now, I we want to, to, do to do that. that I need to do that. Yeah. And I just haven't taken time to do it,
3: but. I love the old, I I love the old blotch camo. I've got, I've got a Cabela's jacket. No idea when it's from, I'm sure I could find a date on it somewhere. (laughs) My wife found it in, it wasn't a Goodwill. It was like a red racks or, you know, some type of thrift store. Yeah. And I'm like, I really don't want to be in here. I don't want to go through everybody's used stuff. Like not that I care that much about it. I've found cool things there before. And all of a sudden she goes, well, there's a camo jacket over there. And I went over to this day, it is the best, like, yeah, deep winter, nasty yeah. rain, harsh, cold jacket I've ever had. And I wear it around and people are like, dude, where'd you get that jacket? I'm like, well, it's a Cabela's jacket from probably before I was born, but it works. And <laughs> yeah. I like yeah. the pattern. I think it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, before we started recording, you guys were talking about a hunt that you're about to go on. And I need more information on this because this sounds like quite the hunt.
6: Yeah. Yeah. So um, the other half of our business is what we call Echo Outdoors. Uh, So that is we partner with a bunch of different outfitters around the country that, you know, we've had personal relationships with and fostered. And then we started pitching this idea to Mm -hmm. them last year. Um, So if you book a hunt through us, then you actually get the hunt directly from the outfitter for whatever, you know, game animal is that you're going for, for that particular hunt. Uh, So you get the hunt from the outfitter and one of our echo line rifles and the rifles included in the package price that the rifle is yours to keep like we actually ship it to the ffl dealer your choice for you to get it you know prior to the hunt so you can get it set up bring on the hunt with you and then you take the gun back home uh but the one we've got coming up we're actually leaving monday yeah for uh is our alligator and hog hunt down in uh labelle florida so we've got a bunch of different folks coming in. We're going to spend uh, about a week down there, uh, about 18 or so hunters coming in, you know, two different groups throughout the course of the week. And we're going out rods and reels, big weighted treble hook. You're going to snare an alligator, and then you start fighting him and reeling him in uh, and getting him in for, for the shot. Mm-hmm. And it's it's something like you've never done before. It's just, you know, fighting an alligator is it, crazy.
5: And we work with Townsend and Sons down Mm -hmm. there and they are amazing. They have such a, um, a great facility. Um, they're an amazing um, alligator farm down there. So they, they have a lot of functions, um, but they allow us to come down and and do the gators. That's really cool.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, that's like swamp people. I mean, the way you're describing it, the treble hook, you pull them up. What do what do you shoot them with then? like what is actually hunted with yeah actually
5: yeah so actually
6: Troy is uh um, off of
5: swamp people he was down oh. there with Daniel several years ago yeah yeah <laughs>
6: that's cool um so we give for all of our different hunts uh the rifle that you get uh we kind of base the caliber off the animal mm-hmm. that's in the hunt you again know, that
5: ethical choice yeah, yeah you know
6: also you know laws things like that um for the alligator hunt, we allow folks to choose from a 5.56, 350 Legend, 7.62 by 39, 6.5 Grendel. I think that's it. Yeah, I think it's those four calibers.
5: Sounds good, yeah.
6: Um, for the gator and the hog. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Because a gator, you actually oh, have to shoot it right in the back of the head. Um, so it doesn't take much, really, to kill a gator. Um, typically, on our hog only hunts, we don't do a 5.56 option uh, just because I don't personally like using a 5.56 against a hog. Now, but for this, where it's the gator and the hog, we throw the five, five, six in there, you know, so you can have something to shoot the gator with. And then we take you out and you, and you shoot a hog too. Um, so any, any of those calibers are, are ideal for it.
3: If you're an avid listener of this podcast, you've probably heard me talking about Infinite Outdoors in the past. Infinite Outdoors is expanding access for hunting and fishing on private land across the country. From whitetail hunts in Missouri to waterfowl hunts in Wyoming and pheasant hunts in Colorado, they provide access to over a million acres of private land listings for all types of hunting and fishing. Best part is, it's incredibly easy to browse and book properties all on the Infinite Outdoors app. The app is free to download and easy to use. All you have to do is sign up and you can browse over 250 different adventures across 10 states. Download the app today and use nomadic15 for 15% off your membership. I just never, I don't know, I've never thought about, I've thought about alligator hunting, but never dove far enough into it to really know what comes with it. I've seen like the Africa crocodile hunts where they just wait for them to come up on the Mm -hmm. bank and they shoot them. And I'm like, dude, what are you using Mm -hmm. on like an 18 foot crocodile? And then thinking about alligators too, I've watched swamp people and I've seen other people use like the actual boom sticks where you like hit yeah. it and yeah, there's mm-hmm. a charge in it or whatever. So it, but
6: that one that's one thing that kind of comes into play as far as the laws in Florida, whether you can use a rifle or a boom stick, thing like that. Our hunts are all done on private land. So we can do use whatever we want. Oh, we don't nice. have to worry about that aspect of it. Yeah. Um now like our first time ever down there for a gator hunt. This is before we start booking for a sale. This is I, I come upstairs one day, you know, I'd been downstairs, watch TV, doing whatever. And I come upstairs. I'm like, I want to go on an alligator hunt. It, it's pretty much what she did. She laughed at me. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 it's going to be great. Trust me. You know? And it was, it turned out, you know, really nice. We live in
5: Virginia. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah.
6: She's like, she's like, as long as we go, if we're going to Florida, as long as we go to the beach for a couple of days afterwards, I'm like, all right, deal. You know? Yeah. And uh, so we called Daniel up range. It went down there and, You know, you are, you're taking a big, heavy-duty rod and reel, you're putting a big weighty treble hook on there, you sling it out um, in the swamp, and then you just yank and then you snare that gator, and you start, you hook him up and you start fighting. And the one we ended up killing, um, I fought him for about a half hour Mm -hmm. to get him to come in. So I had hooked him in the back leg, and he was a 10-foot gator, he was probably about 500 pounds, and <laughs> every time i'd get him into the bank where he was hooked in the back tail he could use his tail and push and would take right off back into the water again and so ended up we had to get a second line into him mm-hmm. so katie is on one rod and reel with her phone she's recorded it the whole time you know so she's on her on her phone um what was it? cullen was on the second line our son our, was our son on was line. on the second line
1: yeah
6: me and the guide were actually in the water i had this 10-foot alligator by his tail pulling him backwards to the bank so the guy could get a rope around his jaw (laughs) oh my gosh i don't know i don't know what i do i was duck
3: hunting this year in texas and we went out for a duck that we had shot and it landed out in open water and i started walking out and the guy goes just so you know uh there's gators here And I immediately came back to shore. I can't imagine (laughs) you've got one that you've been fighting. That's mad. It's got a hook in its leg. And then another one, you know, and then getting in there and grabbing onto it. Oh, I suddenly feel less
6: manly. It was great. <laughs> now we always tell you know that's the story we always tell our customers. how is your gator hunt? And they kind of get the same look that you did. I'm like, you don't have to do that. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> have know, to. If you, you don't want to do that, you don't have to get in there. And you do don't have that. to take
5: off your shoes and jump in the water like my husband did. So um.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even take off my shoes. <laughs> I wanted to have good solid feet, so if I had to run. <laughs> yeah,
3: that sounds. I mean, it just sounds like an adventure though. And I always talk about animal encounters like on land i i like those close encounters not i don't want a bunch of near-death encounters but like to have those experiences where you're close to animals in water it's a whole different ball game for me yeah i grew up in wisconsin right we didn't like we didn't have anything (laughs) to worry about in wisconsin venomous snakes there were snapping turtles but you never heard about it right people aren't out there noodling and getting fingers bit off and so The water is a whole different ball game. I kicked something actually here in Florida in the ocean the other day. I was pushing my kids on the boogie board. We actually had decent waves. And I went to step towards them because they were swimming back towards me. And I went to step and I kicked something big. Don't know what it was. It didn't feel scaly. It felt smooth. And I'm just like, oh, man. And I had to tell my wife quietly because, you know, she's on a beat. I'm not going to yell like, I kicked something in the water. My right? <laughs> kids are like, dad, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, nothing. Just kick something underwater. Was it a shark? Was it a shark? I'm like, let's just stop talking about sharks for a <laughs> second. <laughs> it's a
5: thing I... yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. But yeah, the, the gator hunt, man, that sounds like a blast. And then pig hunting is always fun. And for that, you said they use dogs.
6: So we do, we can do that a couple different ways. Um... Okay. You know, if some folks like dogs, some folks don't. You know, um, if you would rather sit on a blind, we can definitely put some blind out, you know, get you over some corn, something like that. Just let the hogs come in. We've had plenty of folks kill them that right way. Um, but then, more fun way, um, which 90% of people do, is we break out the dogs in the side by sides and we are chasing these hogs down and we'll get up onto them. We end up, you know, a group of them or even a single and we'll get the dog bait up um excuse me the hog bait up so that folks can get the shot but we are we're running through the through the swamp and through the side by sides and cutting and going all over the place um every now and then we've had the dogs um latch onto the hogs and some of our clients have actually gone in with a knife you know to take their hog with (laughs) and uh yeah it's it's it is a fun fun time Oh my yeah. gosh, oh my I I need to hang out with you more
3: often, man. Wrestling. <laughs> well, we're alligator. coming down there for yeah. like four days. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna be pretty close to each other. We might have to schedule a meetup. Uh, <laughs> we can come that,
5: swing on over. We got some room.
3: That sounds so awesome. And yeah. w- what about the other hunts? I mean, because you guys do a yeah. lot of this. This is just like one of the hunts that you offer. Yeah. What right. other things? Like when people call and they're like, "Hey, I want a rifle and I want to hunt." Like set me up what what things do you offer for them
6: um so we do a hog only in georgia uh black bear in maine um in ohio we do rams so we'll kind of like throw some exotics you know stuff in there too just to kind of toss it up you know up a little bit um so in northern ohio we'll do rams that's with buckeye valley ranch and then in southern ohio with trophy room adventures we do free range whitetail okay Um, and that's actually where i was at this past weekend, I was at, because not only do I book the hunt to make the guns, come middle of September, I moved to Ohio because I'm also one of the guys. Oh, um, sweet. So I was up there um, this past weekend doing yeah. some scouting around and stuff like that, you know, get some cameras, some mineralics, you know, that sort of stuff set out. So we do a variety of stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. We can do, you know, not just obviously some of the hunts have to be on particular dates, like the free range Ohio whitetail. You can only do that when the state says you can, you know. Yep. Um, but then, like our ram hunts, the gator hunts, things like that, we can do those year round. year round. So we'll throw a couple of those. Like now, you know, we're going down in June, you know, because nobody's deer hunting, anything like that. So let's do something where you can still get out, do some hunting, things like that. We also do it in February, though. So it's hot. Not as hot. Um, but like all of our hunts, will preset dates for this. So that way you just come in and, and you book. And, and the way we do it is, okay, I'm taking 10 people on a gator hunt. Well, you as an individual can book one of our spots and get the group discount rate versus having to pay a higher price if you were to book it individually. So that's a good way like we can save our customers money too. So as they get you know, group rates at individuals.
5: And then we, you know, one of us, um, we try both, but one of us will be at every hunt. So that's another of that face-to-face experience. We get to be with our customers, using our rifles, you know, out in the field, you know, real-life application. Just be able to to, to talk and to enjoy our customers and just and share. And um, so that's a fun part of it too. So that's I, I like that.
3: Yeah. Listen, I, all I know is if I book a hunt with you, I'm going to expect to see you wrestle a gator or a pig now. So. <laughs>
5: right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. okay. <laughs> Jump on the back So nonchalant. Just, just <laughs>
6: all right, fine. Sure. Yeah,
5: That's part
6: yeah. of the entertainment package. Yeah. There's a picture of me somewhere kissing a gator on the lips. So. There is. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. I think
5: it's in our video maybe. I think it's in our video. Yeah. yeah. I,
3: I, I've had some cool encounters, but gators just seem like that animal that don't care about you. At uh, like, oh, they don't. No, they, well, oh they do. They want, yeah. you, yeah. yeah. they want to eat you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah,
6: yeah.
3: Oh my goodness. Yeah, you don't see people. I mean, I guess there's probably people that have pet gators. You know that like. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm but, sure there are. Somewhere. You know, they're not like cuddling with them, right? The yeah. gators still know that you are bringing them food and that's the only reason they care about you. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I look at it and I go, there's a lot of crazy animals, even like grizzlies and lions. Like people tame them and they grow yeah. up with them from a cub. I'm yeah. like, I don't, I just don't ever see that aqua dinosaur like learning how to sit or shake or right. you know like, right yeah
6: play dead he's like no, you play dead.
5: <laughs> we have had some play dead we actually. have oh
6: my gosh yes we this last group actually
5: yeah
6: guy shot it and um it was funny he actually shot it from across the water because it was a big gator and we couldn't get uh, a line until him so he shot it from across the water uh from one bank to the other so The guides hopped in this old rickety canoe that after they found out after the fact that it had a hole in the bottom of it. So it starts filling with water. They're paddling across to grab this big old 10-foot gator. They're coming back across. One of the guys sitting in the back has it by the tail, dragging it through the water, you know, get all the way back over. We get it back up on the the bank. And it's facing away from us. We're kind of like in a half circle all around it. We're watching, you know, looking at everything. And we're right up on top of it. Sure, you know next thing you know that thing's eyes it popped confident. open and it did a 180 and just all of us jumped. <laughs> back oh my yeah. gosh and, and daniel yells out somebody shoot that some <laughs> and the guy who shot it his son is like what 14 year old son yeah. had a rifle ran right up to it boom and shot
5: it
3: <laughs> oh my gosh do you think it was like the percussion from like I, think, I think it
5: knocked it out. Yeah, I think it knocked
6: it yeah. out. He oh, didn't okay. quite hit it in just the right spot because there's, there's like a little small spot you got to hit him. So he hit it, but didn't hit it in just the right spot. And I think you're right. I think it knocked him out. It just
5: knocked him
1: out. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, that but, makes me, that comforts me so much more than thinking these things have evolved to understand. If I play <laughs> dead, <laughs> the meal's going to come to me.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to play dead. Wait it out. Yeah. Wait it out. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Oh my gosh. That's so cool. I mean, just the different opportunities that you guys offer the different hunts, like everything from Maine black bear to alligator and hog in Florida. Like those are the two opposite ends. Like they probably yeah. couldn't be much more different as far as the hunt goes or the, the game animal goes. What, what's your guys' favorite thing? Like if I said you get one hunt to do for the rest of your life, what are you going to go after? Duck.
6: Duck?
3: <laughs> <laughs> do you make an AR in 12 gauge that takes um, three and a half?
6: I'm I've thought about it. I've thought about it. <laughs>
3: yeah.
5: Yeah. No. He definitely. He he loves a bird hunt. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we don't offer that again because of just what we do. But uh that is definitely his favorite duck. Who's?
6: Yeah. The waterfowl. Yeah. So, there's something about it there really is it, it really is it really is and she actually funny thing is that she asked me that question years ago you know mm-hmm. if you can only do one and when i said that she looked at me like what <laughs> like, yeah you don't understand <laughs> yeah. if, if you're not a duck hunter you don't understand no
5: because yeah. well, at the yeah. time like you know he we just had a lot of things going on in our lives and like personally and he just really hadn't had a chance to hunt for years years yeah and hunt anything exactly. for years yeah. So things that we have around here all the time. And he was like, duck. And I'm like, I've never seen you duck hunt. Like, <laughs> But no, he does love it. So yeah.
3: That is my wife's least favorite hunt because I took her out to a public land area. Gosh, I don't know how many years ago, probably eight or nine years ago. She's like, okay, I'll come. I'll come. I had my dog with, it was a glorified fetcher, you know, like unless that Mm -hmm. duck had a tennis ball in his mouth, the dog probably wasn't bringing the duck back. Right. Right. And, uh, we get out there and we had to draw a pill to decide, like to figure out what blind everybody got. We got the worst blind. My buddy shot one ruddy duck and that was it. And it was freezing cold. And she's like, why? Like, why would you ever? <laughs> why? This, this doesn't even make sense. I don't even like the way that ducks and geese taste. I mean, right. she just. I'm not all, a big duck and,
5: fan either. I don't know.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's its definitely like you got to. If you cook it right, it's good. But like nothing beats like an elk steak or I mean, gator. I've had gator once and that was insane. We had gator and yeah. crawfish. And I was That's like. Good holy cow i could get down with this yeah. but yeah i mean duck it, they're not known for being the greatest tasting animals out there but
4: <laughs> <right> shooting, there. <laughs> things,
3: shooting things out of the sky though like calling yeah. them in the interaction the convincing like you're putting out mm-hmm. the spread the right way trying to get them to land in a certain spot you know they land behind you it doesn't do you any good right. and then it I don't know what it is about it. I really don't, because I love big game hunting, but something about waterfall or waterfowl always brings me back. And maybe yeah, it's the camaraderie, you know, like sitting I, around BS. I think a lot of it is, yeah, yeah. you know,
6: because you don't have to be like as stealthy and quiet, you know, when you're in the you know in a tree stand, you know, going after deer or something like that. You yeah, you, know, you can you can laugh and joke around and more, and it is it's it's more of an all encompassing. It's not just the hunt itself.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
6: We, we had a hunt, uh, me and my buddy
3: went out and it was, it was the funniest thing because you know, there's, you get into birds or like late in the season and these birds just don't want to work. You're Mm -hmm. calling and calling. You think you've got everything right. You're like, what do we need to change about the spread? And then on the flip side, he and I went to this, the neighbor's farm pond. And I was like, I've seen birds on it every day. Let's just go sit out there. And we're literally laying. We don't have a blind, we don't have cover, there are no trees around. And so we're literally laying on like the dam side of the pond, just in the grass. And I'm like, I feel like this is good enough. There's cows out here, there's movement, there's like a rowboat over there. Right. So these ducks might not care. And as we're sitting there, we see the first ducks. And I was like, I reach for my calls and they're not there. And I'm like, oh no, do you have calls? And he's like, dude. I don't like, he doesn't call. He's not one of the guys that brings calls because he knows (laughs) it's probably going to warn the ducks, if anything. And so I literally just like with my mouth, I'm
1: like,
3: and I watch these birds just turn and bank in and drop into the pond. And I'm like, why don't I have a cameraman? I just need a (laughs) cameraman at all times because it did not sound like a duck at all, but maybe they were just already committed and about to bank anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I definitely love waterfowl hunting. Katie, what about you? I mean, like obviously waterfowl hunting is not your thing, but what is it for you?
5: So for me, I think one of my favorite experiences, and this is going to sound cheesy or whatever, but I love going out and sitting with him and we're deer hunting. Yeah. I just love that experience Uh, because again, I love the track. So that's going to be, you know, one of the animals that we're, that, I can track and um, I love just kind of being out there because you could be you're out there for hours and you're just sitting and you have like this sort of, you know, quiet interaction between the two of you. And um, that's actually my favorite part of it. I love that. And the gator's fun, too, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, but, no, I, I love Maybe his not fun. as they much own. when
3: he's barefoot with a 10-foot right. right. gator by the I tail. I have the
5: life insurance. It's fun. Um, <laughs> that,
3: that's why she likes gator hunting, also. <laughs> she, She's she makes like, sure right. that is paid
6: up before every Florida trip. I don't know why. Yeah.
5: <laughs> but, um, and I actually think in Ohio, I like deer hunting with you in Ohio. Yeah. Specifically.
6: Yeah.
5: Um, I like the setup there. I just don't like the land there. Mm-hmm. And... I like that memory.
3: All right, guys, if you've been listening to the podcast, I'm sure you've heard me talk about the helicopter hog hunt that I did down in Texas. Now I went down there with Rogue Texan Outfitters and Landon and Brandon, the owners, put us on the animals. We killed 150 pigs and 19 coyotes just from the air. On top of that, we went out thermal hunting at night and got up close and personal to more hogs. I didn't have to worry about bringing guns or ammunition because all of that was provided for me and it is to this day the most action-packed day of hunting I've ever had. I stand by what I've said in the past and that's that helicopter hog hunting is the funnest thing that you can do with pants on. In addition, they offer Sandhill Crane Hunts and Predator Calling so if you're looking for the most exciting hunt of your life and something that you're going to want to come back and do year after year go check out RogueTexan.com and book your hunt today. So, so of the things that you guys have hunted, those are your favorites. Another question is, if you could hunt anything, any game animal, any rifle or any weapon, period, in any location,
6: what are you picking? I
1: already know but go ahead.
6: Like my holy grail of animals, yes, Alaskan caribou. All right, yeah, that that's that is number one. I, I love that because I
3: just got that answer, I think, for the first time last night on a podcast. That's funny. It So, like, yeah. the fact that you said that, I was like, I bet it's Alaska. He just seems like a guy who would want to go to Alaska. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, Caribou, the more I hear it, the more I see stuff about it. it, it seems like it'd be just the best time ever. What is it for you about caribou?
6: I You know, I don't even know. Um, it's just like as a kid growing up, always, you know, I always said, Hey, you know, this is what I this is my ultimate dream hunt is to go to this. And I think it's a little bit of I've never even been to Alaska, you know, but you just look at the pictures and all that, and it's absolutely beautiful. We have we do have family that lives in Alaska and they come back showing us pictures and tell us, you know, how beautiful it is. And so part of the reason I just want to go to Alaska, you know, I actually when I was in the Marines. I had orders to alaska and i was like it's finally gonna happen you know (laughs) yes yes it's finally gonna happen i'm going to alaska i'm gonna i'm gonna go hunt i'm gonna this is gonna be great you know and 30 days out from me leaving for alaska they changed orders oh Oh. and i was like oh okay So alaska to iraq all right same thing you know and um but uh so i ended up actually never never getting up there um but it's just something about the animal itself. I don't know. I just, I love the way it looks. I just love, you know, I think it's a beautiful animal. Um, I love it. Uh, just the way their antlers grow. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's just, I look at that and I'm just like, okay. You know, and it's yep. cool. That's it. You know. So I added this part
3: to the question last night, and I think I'm going to do it from now on. If the answer is in Alaska, do you know how you would get to your hunting spot? Have you thought about that? Like <laughs> cool. bush plane, float plane, horseback, float.
6: So probably going to go hand in hand with, uh, I actually have a, a elk hunt coming up in 2026. Um, and I always told her that if I ever do an elk hunt, I'm going to do it the hardcore way. I'm riding the horses in. We're doing the drop camp. I'm doing the whole thing. So with Alaska, if I'm going to jump in, i want to jump in both feet. You know, no, so no. I've got to get a bush plane, like take me back, you know, the all the way like, back in yeah. there, get me back in deep, far, you know, whatever. Yeah. I want the whole experience. Yeah. So that would be how I would do it. Okay. okay.
3: Katie, what about you? Oh, one last thing. Are you yeah. doing the 350?
6: For the um, caribou? For caribou.
1: Mm-hmm.
6: No, I wouldn't do a 350 for the caribou. Um, reason being, obviously, their hide is going to be a little tougher they're gonna have more fat on them things like that um distance wise you know again ethically versus what can you shoot on paper ring steel personally I would not shoot anything past 200 yards um you know because some folks say yeah I've killed deer at 300 I'm sure you have but personally I won't um so I actually would bump up a little bit um and what I actually probably would take is we have not come out with it yet. Officially. Officially. Yeah. Officially. But we are working on it a bold action line. Okay. Um, okay. So um like a true bold action, not like a AR converted to bold action, but your your true mm-hmm. um you know true honest to goodness bold action. Um so probably I'd probably go old school 30 out six, you know, um just to just to keep it old school, you know, just to have fun with
3: it. I like it. Yeah, that's awesome, Katie. What would you, if you were given like tomorrow, dream hunt? What are you doing?
5: I have no idea. Um,
6: Ducks. <laughs> I, right? Yeah.
5: <laughs> A lot of that duck hunt. Um,
6: Good, then that means I get an awesome duck hunt dream <laughs> hunt too, because I get to go with her. Yeah.
5: I, I don't know. I I really, I don't know if I've ever thought about it, which is weird. You would think I would. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I would be fine with going to Alaska. I don't like cold, but I like the scenery. Um, I'm I'm not a cold person. So if I have to like bundle up in like 10 layers and go out, I don't really want to. I've got Um, a good uh,
3: Cabela's jacket if you need.
5: Right. I need to borrow (laughs) that. Like see how warm it is. Um, I really don't, I really
3: have no idea. I think I just, I don't
5: know. That's all right. I hate that answer, but I really don't know. (laughs) Uh,
3: I'll tell you, Alaska is amazing. And, you know, depending on what part you go to, you couldn't hunt caribou on Kodiak, but Kodiak, I, I couldn't believe it. I was expecting rain and fog and cold. And we went in there, we went there late July, early August, didn't rain a single time. I mean it was gorgeous we were seeing whales porpoises we had sharks eating the salmon that we were trying to reel in like it was the craziest thing had so many bear encounters it is a cool place now I have no experience with mainland Alaska but it's it's definitely a dream I want to yeah. be as far back like put me so far away that I don't see a plane fly over. Like I don't want any human interference. I just want yeah. to be out there with nature with a couple good Was buddies. Sure, that you watch Alaska: oh. The New Frontier. Is
6: that it?
5: Probably, yeah. I not a lot lately, but I used to watch that one. Yeah, yeah like yeah.
6: I want to go to like where they wouldn't go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> put me where they
3: stay away from.
6: I yeah, like that. yeah Yeah.
3: That's awesome. Well, we're coming up on an hour. I want to give you guys an opportunity to share where people can find you, where they can find the hunts, the products, and just connect with you or follow you on social media.
6: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so both Just Rifles themselves are a hunt. We actually do both of those for the same website. So it's uh, echo 3 com. So uh, E-C-H-O, the number three, O-R-D-N-A-N-C-E.com. Um, so you'll find all of our product line, you know, on there, uh, all the information of the hunts. Um, this year, we have some of the Ohio whitetail hunts left uh, for 2023, 2024. Um, in July, we're going to be at the World Deer Expo down in Birmingham, Alabama. We'll have mm-hmm. a set down there. And so that's really, we're going to announce our 2024 hunt dates down there. Okay. Um,
1: okay.
6: Uh, but on social media, uh, both Echo 3 Ordens and Echo Outdoors on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um I don't really do a lot with the Instagram. Um I'm not,
5: yeah, we're Slack on I, that. I'm Slack,
6: slack on on that. that. Um so we have an Echo Three Ordinance Instagram page, but haven't done it with the with the outdoors page yet. Um then of course always shoot us an email. Anybody got any questions? Info at echo3ordinance.com.
5: You can see us at the Deer Expo.
6: Yep, you can see us at the Deer Expo. Yep. So we there uh in July. Uh the World Air Expo, Birmingham, Alabama. And then in August, we will be back here in Virginia at the Western Virginia sports show in Doswell, Virginia. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, And and then I think our outdoor shows is done for the year because I'll be in Ohio. And then in February, we'll be back at the Great American Outdoor Show in Pennsylvania.
1: Pennsylvania,
6: I
3: was supposed to be at that one this year, and I don't remember why. Something came up and I wasn't able to make it, but that'd be fun to come connect and come hang yeah, out. That, the yeah,
5: that's Definitely. a great show too. That one's, that's a crazy show. We love that one. Yeah. Um, first time at the DR Expo, but we're excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of get into a different part of the country a little bit with the outdoor shows. Cause we usually do Virginia or North. Yeah. Um, so we're excited. But yeah, you can see us in person. Uh, email us. You know, you're, if you email, you're going to get either Nathan or myself. Um, if you call, you'll either get Nathan or myself or the, we're the communications liaisons on top yeah. of everything else there
3: that's awesome well i really do appreciate you guys hopping on i had a ton of fun with this podcast mm-hmm. and yeah. good luck on the hog and gator i expect to see some wrestling pictures before you okay. the trip
6: or just drive on over and wrestle as yourself or you just take the picture of yourself of me wrestling
3: yeah yeah i might do the i'll do a selfie with you wrestling in the background
6: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, maybe that's it's all about the angles right make it look like you're close to it yeah
3: exactly
4: i love it <laughs> yeah